Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track, everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Thinking like a buyer when you're a seller actually will net you a pile of extra money. That's like sneaky. That's like getting in the head of the buyer. It's brilliant. It's not sneaky. It's <laughs> just we know from having worked with thousands of buyers and sellers over the last three decades that... Ooh, three decades. I know, it's just coming like, up to that, three decades. Is that like 30 years? But it sounds so much easier to say three decades. It doesn't sound like we're doesn't all that experienced and old. No, it doesn't sound no, that long? No. So three instead of almost 30. It's not quite three, but we're getting closer to three decades than we are two. Real close. A lot closer. Yeah, A I lot, know. lot, lot, okay. lot closer. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you <laughs> do the same thing for a long time. And hopefully what that does is bring a level of expertise that you can't get from any experience because experience gives you expertise. Do you think we've done this for 10,000 hours? Oh, I think more. Because they say when you've done something for 10,000 hours, you're, you should be an expert at it. It's more than that. And I think the assumption there is that you've done it well for 10,000 hours. Because if you've <laughs> done it really bad for 10,000 hours, then you're really bad at it. Okay. So we're going to say that we're really good at it. And our clients tell us that we're really good at it. So we're going to stick with what they tell us rather than anything Ken might make up. So yes. what we know is Buyers, generally speaking, there are very specific things that buyers, I'm going to use a really strong word, buyers hate. They're things that turn them off. They're things that have them go the other way when they're looking at property or things that have them drive down the price. And we would rather drive the price up rather mm -hmm. than down. So there's things that appeal to buyers that and there's things that then don't appeal. So we thought we'd let you in on the inside track on real estate with the Decker team. And I'm yet a Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. Into those insights, into those things so that you can actually just be prepared, proactive, and then protect and increase your equity and in your investment. That's true. I know. It's good, huh? <laughs> so we've come up with what we believe are eight things that our buyers have told us over the decades that they hate, dislike, because if you don't like the hate word, yeah, sorry, but it really <laughs> applies here. So, you know what's interesting? Yeah. Sometimes they don't even verbalize it. No, they we can just, see it by their face. They just walk into a house and they go, this is not for me. This house is not for me. And other times they walk in, they go, we see them light up yeah. and the house is for them. And so then as mm. astute real estate students and experts, we look at what makes a buyer light up and what makes them turn and go back out of the house. Right. Because there are things that are unique to a particular person and yet there are some specific things that are repetitive. And the nice thing is, is the seller can fix those things ahead of time. I know. And they're not even most of the time expensive to fix. Some are a little more expensive and yet they're things that just cost, well, you know what? You're paying for it either way. You're either paying for it in terms of your home being worth less or uh -huh. you're paying for it up front and increasing the value of your home. And when you pay for it on the back end, meaning 
deferred maintenance as an example, which is one of my bonus things. This isn't even one of my eight. However, if there's maintenance that was... You can't talk about bonus things before we go through sure our can. eight things. Absolutely, I can. I can talk about whatever <laughs> I want right here, right now. So one of the bonus insights is that maintenance that ought to have been done that wasn't done will actually cost you multiple times more in lost value in the home, meaning the buyer pays you less for it, than if you had just done the maintenance when it needed doing. And what would be a little example of that, Yetta? Servicing your furnace. Right. Costs about $150, $180, somewhere yep. around that range. Under 200 probably. A year. Unless it needs work. And then if it yeah. needs work, you're thankful you've got it serviced. Right. Because what it does is it actually prolongs the life of your furnace. So there's bonus number one. Mm -hmm. And number two is if somebody finds an older, dirty, mild leaking furnace at building inspection, when they're buying your house, you can be rest assured that they're going to want really the whole value of that furnace or at least 50% of it. Most of the value or Mm -hmm. significant dollars. So it could be fifteen hundred, could be two thousand, could be four thousand dollars. Instead of you maybe investing two to four hundred on the front end and a couple hundred dollars every year, keeping it for longer, and so it saves you like piles of money. Yeah, that's a good one, eh? That's a great one. And uh-huh. as a matter of fact, I'm going to dovetail onto that. Oh no, you can't because yes, we're yes. in the bonus section, and you said I can't do. Well, bonus I'm going to give them a little bonus on I, your bonus. bonus but I thought bonus. that wasn't possible. Well, it is now. You you broke the mold, so we can do anything we want now. We all know I broke the mold. Bonus bonus here is give Steve at uh, Swallow Heating a call. Mm-hmm. Now you probably won't talk to Steve, or you might talk to Steve. Probably talk to call, Judy. You know, probably talk to Judy. Call them and book a service on your furnace. Mm. If you haven't done one for this winter, get them in, service your furnace, because they usually break in the coldest weather. I know, and then it's really <laughs> awful, and then your and, pipes risk freezing, yeah. and now it's crazy expensive. Yeah, and Steve, I, I listened to his advertisements on CHRI, and he does the mm. pajama drive thing and supports that, and so why not support a great other yeah. Christian business? And he's an amazing business in any event. Yeah, yeah, we use him for our furnaces. Yeah, we have for years and years. And he's a great client of ours, too. I think I'm allowed to say that, even if he hasn't been on the show yet. Oh, that's true. Uh, Uh. uh. Anyway, Steve, (laughs) forgive me. If I'm not to say anything yet, I just have. And here's your endorsement, because you do do an amazing job when you service our furnaces. So that is wonderful. All right, so number one, because we got to go through these number eight things, right? Because we promised them eight things. And we over-deliver. Yeah, we already did it. And I thought, why not start with over-deliver rather than end with over-deliver? That's beautiful. Uh Uh-huh. There we go. So curb appeal. That really is, because winter is a little different. I mean, it's about cutting back your shrubs. It's about making, and you can do it in the winter because the plants are dormant. So you can actually trim back your trees. They actually like it in the winter because they're kind of dead anyway. And, well, dormant dead, you know. (laughs) There's sleeping. a big difference okay. between dead and dormant. They're sleeping. Well, they look dead. I'm sorry, Anna. They look dead. <laughs> so anyway. And the beauty is the leaves are off. Right. So you can see the substructure of the of the tree right. or the brush, the bush easily, unless it's an evergreen. Right. Um, and it allows you to prune nicely. It does. And then curb appeal would also be things like your interlock being even. And maybe you don't want to do that in the winter because it's heaving anyway. Certainly as soon as the spring is here, because January, like January 12th, like is when this show 
aired, if you're watching it later on YouTube or on listening to a podcast on CHRI. It's too or, cold in Ottawa to relevel your interlock. Right. And it's still going to be moving and shaking. Shaking? Right? Yeah, because it kind of shakes. Only if we have a little earthquake. Well, okay, but moving and shifting. How's that? That's good. I'm okay. shaking because you shake my world, baby. Oh, my goodness. So moving and shifting <laughs> interlock. And you know that every time Ken says one of those things, you got to know that Dan, the cameraman, <laughs> who's amazing, Dan Adams from CHRI that does a recording, does a little giggle. The great news for you is you can't hear it. Only I get to see it and I kind of laugh. Yeah. Well, that's when I know I've got a good little zinger if Dan laughs, then I know I'm okay. I get feedback, instant feedback. It's awesome. It is wonderful. And so January 12th is obviously co too cold to level your interlock, and yet you do want to look at that as soon as the spring. And sometimes just being prepared, knowing, having your checklist in front of you of what things you want to check in each season. And as you probably heard us share before, we have a checklist like that. So if you're looking for the itemized checklist, because we're only going to cover like a few things, like eight yeah. plus the few bonuses. And so if you want the rest of it, because it is way more comprehensive than that, you can just send us a quick email at info at and we will get you the list of the checklist to go through each season as to what you ought to do around your house to keep it pulled together. All right. And increase the value. So number two that buyers really, really seem to dislike and there's the odd exception where yes. they walk in and it's there, there, it just hits them exactly right. And then it can be a bonus or a benefit. Most of the time, and I'm going to say like over 95% of the time, what is a huge turnoff for people is strong colors in a house, strong paint colors. I know it's so simple. It's just a coat of paint. I get that even if it was a neutral color, and by the time you move out and they move in, it probably needs repainting anyway. And yet there's something when it's not aesthetically calming and pleasing and inviting that it actually decreases what you're going to sell your house well, for and has many buyers turn the other way and walk out. Yeah. So let me talk about that for a second. I just did. Well, I'm going to talk about it another second. So things like scarlet red, lemon yellow in a bedroom, lime green in the kitchen, forest green in dens. Um, Great for living in, mm. not so great for selling in. And here's the, the difference. If someone wants that color mm -hmm. and they walk in and your house is in a neutral palette, like the mushrooms, the grays, the, the grayages, the grayages, which is a beige mixed with gray. I don't know how they make these words up. Um, things of that nature, uh, the, the neutral topes and things like that. What happens is someone that wants color, can mm -hmm. see the color in their head and put it in. People, that, because it's neutral, right. it, it allows for imagination. Whereas if it's a really bright color, then mm. we find that the buyer's imagination has a hard time erasing that image. Right, like and, tangerine. And putting in their own image. Right. Right? So that's the yeah. difference. Right. How so buyers that? hate that. How was that? Right. It was it was fine. He did okay, right? So we'll give him another. I'm looking for he a pat good. on the back. Feedback, oh my goodness! You know? Okay, okay, Ken thank did you. Good. Thank you. Thank All you. right. So number three, poor condition ceilings, stains in ceilings, bad popcorn where there's holes been or repairs. where there's been repairs. 
The popcorn ceiling is that stucco the ceiling. champagne bottle, pop the chunk of it off. Right, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that really freaks it. I'm looking up. If you're watching, you're seeing me look up <laughs> yeah. because the popcorn ceiling in is my studio is not in great condition. <laughs> so I'm fixated on this bad spot now. I won't be able to get away from it for the rest of the show. So if you see me looking up, you know I'm not like distracted, but kind of am. And it's about the popcorn ceiling. So keeping your ceilings in good shape. If they've been yellowed over time or there's been, been damage, getting it cleaned up so that it looks fresh. Because what it does when they're damaged is it causes buyers to actually escalate the amount of mm -hmm. money that's going to be required to fix it. And also yeah. causes their mind to go off on a tangent. Yeah, like it might have leaked, you know, you might have had a tub overflow or a mm -hmm. slight leak or the, didn't pull the curtain right in the bathroom mm -hmm. or maybe a little leak in the shingle or something and, and you put new shingles on five years ago and someone looks up and they see the stain on the ceiling, they immediately think you have a roof problem even though it's five years old. Right, or bad repair says the same thing. Yeah. It screams, I still have a problem. Hmm. Even when... There probably now, if you is no do problem. have a problem, oh. we don't recommend you try to hide it by just fixing the the, <laughs> the, no. the problem. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is if you've already corrected the problem, right. why not now correct the, the symptoms or the damages that have mm -hmm. happened because of the problem? Right. Number four, carpet. My favorite one. Is it really? Yes. Then I'll let you do it. Carpet. Not Sorry, so, that was very funny. Not so much on bedroom levels, but on the main level. Mm. Typically, it's a high traffic area. It's an area that gets stained easily. It gets worn easily. Mm -hmm. And so, dirty, worn carpet. So, at the least, changing that carpet for a new carpet. But buyers love hardwood right now. On the main level. On the main level. They love hardwood. They love ceramic on the main levels. Mm -hmm. Not ceramic for the whole house, but ceramic in the If you're in the tropics, it's good. Yeah. But we're now talking Ottawa and area we're, we're real estate. We're not in the tropics. We're trust not me. in the tropics. Have you looked outside? Yeah, January 12th is cold. So <laughs> tropics, yes, a lot of ceramic throughout. And we've done it in, seen it in some houses and in the right area in a house, extra ceramic Basements, can be fine. Uh, yeah. Even sunrooms, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Otherwise, hardwood seems to be predominantly the buyer's choice. Yeah. And buyers, on the main levels. Buyers also hate laminate flooring. On main levels. On main levels. Uh, we understand, the inexpensive laminate. Yes, the inexpensive. Mm. But we also understand that laminate has its place. Yes. And its place is in the basement because mm -hmm. it goes on concrete mm -hmm. and very hard to mount hardwood on a floor. So in, the in the basement. So right. you pretty much have to do laminate or carpet or something of that nature or tile. And so mm -hmm. laminate is a great choice for your basement, not a great choice for the main floor. Uh, it's slightly less expensive than hardwood and a little less to install. Mm -hmm. And we also have found many times people install laminate themselves because they think it's easy and they don't do a great job. I know. So doing a repair, that is one of the things buyers dislike immensely, and it costs you as the seller big money. 
And that is a poorly done install of a laminate floor or hardwood floor, or anything mm -hmm. for that matter. So this is kind of a little bit of a bonus. Anything done poorly actually decreases the... Yeah. It's worse than if you had done nothing. Yeah, you might as well not have done it. Well, you would have been further ahead not to do anything yeah. because it actually takes away rather than adds value. And yet maybe it still cost you 5000 or $10,000. And yet if it doesn't wasn't done with excellence and done in a professional manner, whether a professional did it or not, really is immaterial as long as it is in a professional, workmanlike mm -hmm. manner. Yes. And so laminate engineered floor can be fine on the main level. There's some really good products that are out there and there's a big debate going on. You can go on Google, Mr. G, and check out Dr. All, G. Dr. G, Mr. G, <laughs> Google, and see the various opinions around engineered flooring because sometimes it's got a harder finish than real hardwood flooring or complete hardwood flooring. So there's pros and cons. Less, less shrinkage and less, less right. warping. Right. Because an engineered hardwood is basically a veneer of hardwood put on top of plywood. Right. And it doesn't shrink the way solid wood does. Right. Uh, but the other place laminate can be used yeah. is in a condominium mm. or apartment where you have a noise limitation because mm. they don't allow hardwood because it transfers noise to in the some next level in some yeah. buildings. And so they'll only allow laminate or carpet. Or an engineered floor. You're using laminate kind of interchangeably yeah, with some a you can't do an engineered floor because it still transfers too much right so uh, you have to just look noise. at the rules and regulations in a condominium and then if you're buying laminate the 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 thing to do is buy a higher quality buy something that's a little bit thicker where it's not just barely a paper finish on the yeah. top layer stay away something, from the eight mil go to like yeah. a 12 mil 15. You found 15? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I have some. Okay. Okay. He says, maybe no, it's only 12. Well, I think it's, maybe I've turned <laughs> I just the say two that's and the really five good upside stuff. down. Anyway, so you want to be just paying attention to what type of flooring mm -hmm. you are putting in your home, whether it's an apartment or whether it's a house, yep. because it is one of those things that turns off buyers. Now, in bedrooms, less of a challenge having hardwood less of a challenge having laminate and yet you still want a really good quality. Yeah, and I think what we what we're talking on this flooring probably three types of flooring through the house is kind of your max you want to go because if you're getting into mm. different flooring in every room, people think you got bargain discount stuff and it just it doesn't flow, the home doesn't have a flow. So right. build, so buyers don't like it when it doesn't flow flooring or color wise as well. Right. So sometimes we go into a home and there'll be 9, 10, 11 types of flooring if you include hallways and bathrooms and staircases and bedrooms and main levels. And, and it's just, it's distracting. So buyers really, really dislike that. If you have up to five, including your extra bathrooms and including lower level, that's quite doable. Really what you would want to see though is a fair bit of continuation of one type of flooring in a larger area. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Number five. Oh, yeah. This is a good one. One of the things that really turns off buyers and decreases the value you're going to get for your house is keeping the builder grade finishes in the house. Simple things like doorknobs, light fixtures, brass fixtures, Hollywood style lights in the bathroom. You know, those yeah. bars with the big balls. Yeah. My favorite is the ones that are like 15 years old. And the chrome's rusting, and they got 
three different types of bulbs in the thing and it just yeah those it's, are my favorite ones for buyers to hate right because i was gonna say ken doesn't really have favorites things that he likes or doesn't like it's really what are the buyers telling us when does their face go whoa <laughs> and you hear that noise come out of their mouth um, whether they verbalize the whole sentence or not so just Fixing up those little things, you can do it for not a lot of money because you don't have to go to high end. You just have to go to current trend. Something that isn't too, too trendy and yet still tasteful and current in style. And today, really 2018, we're mostly simple. It's not very ornate anymore. There's the odd time where ornate can still work in a specific house. If it's a century home or a stone home, there are still times where that ornate feel is appropriate. And for the most part in 2018 and for the next several years, it's simple. It's somewhat elegant. It's simple, uncomplicated, and yeah, and quite unified. Not mm -hmm. a lot of variety. Yeah, and what's nice is they're coming out with some lights that are um, significantly better than just the old dome light or the old ball light, mm. that kind of thing. And they're they're pretty. Yep. Yep. Uh, number six. Well, this is like old faucets in bathrooms. You know, the ones that are losing, they're delaminating, the, whether it's a brass finish, that's even worse, or whether it's a just a stainless finish or a... What do you call that? Silver? Chrome. Chrome. That's the word I was looking for. Couldn't find chrome. So the chrome finish where it's starting to peel and the edging is pulling off, or even in bathrooms, as in addition to the old faucets, often right above the faucet in a bathroom is one of those glass mirrors, large panel, and you can see from the bottom edge where the water, hit, there's been a fair bit of moisture in the bathroom where the mirror is delaminating and it's now black. And there's this lovely black edge where there is no mirror. The shiny reflective part has peeled off. Or, peeled off. Or it's, deteriorated. Right. Yep. It's not there yeah. anymore. So replacing that mirror, painting the wall, putting up a decorative um, wall-mounted mirror can be very mm -hmm. helpful. Oh, yeah. My, my favorite. Is oh, do the, you have a favorite? Yeah. My, the, the knobs that have, you know, they got a left and a right knob and they're acrylic. Yes. And you kind of see through them. So all yes. the grunge that goes down the crack and, the, and they're kind of ugly inside, you know, and they're hard to turn because you got one on each side. So hard to balance. Yeah, those are my favorite to get rid of. So then you put in a single lever in a chrome a satin or brushed finish is fine doesn't have to be the, the polished chrome. It can be uh, a little less shiny. Uh-huh. Could be. Or it could be shiny. It's yep. not that you have to make okay. everything. Because the nice thing with shiny, and you'll see this on another show that we did, we talked about light and how that is such a, an inviting feeling for people. So also dark. So here's another bonus. Dark, dungy spaces <laughs> also is something that really turns off a buyer. Okay. Almost always. Okay. Correct? All right, yes. Okay, number seven. Number seven. Kind of goes with dark dungeon spaces. It does. It kind of fits together. It's kind together. of the same. Kind of the same. So living style. How do you live in the house? Is it dirty? It's going to cost you money. You want to go clean. You want it to feel like Mr. or Mrs. Clean lives here. Yeah, dirty and cluttered. Yeah. Even if it's clean and cluttered, mm. uh, buyers hate it. 
And the reason they hate it is they can't visualize themselves in there. Mm. They can't visualize their belongings in there. Because right. if there isn't room for your stuff, then there isn't room for their stuff. That's at least what that they determine. Even though they may have a fraction of the amount of stuff that you have, because they're minimalist mm. and you're not, and they move frequently and you don't, and so you've accumulated, and yet it sends a message that you don't want to send, and they hate it. Mm-hmm. Right, Mr. Decker? That's absolutely true, Mrs. Decker. <laughs> so, number eight. That's the old, well-known sniff test. Anything that doesn't smell good is an instant turnoff. And this is one that often is not verbalized. It is one of those that we're in, we're out, doesn't smell good. They're not buying. Even though it could be rectified, there's lots of great mm. companies out there that could solve the problem. Could be just a good cleaning, just damp smells, Smoke smells, even cooking smells will cost you. So ideally, don't yeah. cook fish right before somebody's coming. Or Pet curry. smells, just make it smell fresh. We've done another show that you could watch and listen yeah, to. Yeah, the that, smelly truth. The smelly truth, which yes. gave you really great insights insights into the bigger picture of how to get great smelling home and the smelly truth when it comes to devaluing your property. If you don't get it under control. Mm-hmm. So another. Here's a bonus. Oh, we're on the bonuses? You, well, I've already, I started with the bonuses. We're going to end with, with the bonuses. bonuses. This is just a bonus show. It is a bonus show. And that is when somebody's <laughs> coming into your home. Yes. And it is either too hot Oof. or too cold. <laughs> if it's too hot, they Oof. think that your air conditioning doesn't work. If it's too cold, Brr. people believe that there's no insulation in your walls. It could be just that you turn your furnace down or you had a window open uh-huh. too much. It's not necessarily realistic. Like mm-hmm. it's not, doesn't really demonstrate reality. And I've got yet, an example of that. Perspective is everything. And yes. buyers hate a too hot or a too mm-hmm. cold house. Yes. What's your example, Mr. Decker? My example is. So air on the on the warmer side if it's winter time, yes, and air on the cooler side if it's summertime, yes. My example is we we went in with a client into a home that was relatively new. It was under five years old. It was vacant. Mm. It was winter time. They had the the temperature set cool, like I'm talking like 15 degrees. So first thing you do when you walk into a home with our clients is we take off our shoes because we want to be respectful to the homeowner. Now the floor, if the temperature at at eye level is 15 degrees, that means the floor is probably close to 10 or 12 degrees. Feet were freezing, got chilled, and my buyer said, I don't want to buy this house, it's too drafty. It's too cold and drafty. And I'm thinking in my head, like, it's vacant, they got the heat down, it's a new house, it's probably not drafty. So spend the extra couple bucks on your natural gas when you're showing your house, even if it's vacant. Keep Mm. it comfortable because a cold, damp, Mm. vacant house is going to sell it for significantly less than a warm, cozy house. Absolutely. And so if you're saying, I need to know more, 
I need to know more about the things that buyers hate because we've only given you 10 if we kind of included the bonuses. Just give us a call. We will provide them to you. We've got great lists that itemize it all. And yet in 30 minutes, we can't give you everything we've accumulated over 30 years or that our buyers have given to us over 30 years. So thanks for joining us on the Inside Track on Real Estate. And send us your questions and your comments because this is a dialogue, not a monologue. Yeah, and I've had fun. I hope you have too.